I love her. I love her very much. I've never had a feeling oh, like shut this. Up. And speaking of love, weren't you and I going to talk about that today? Yes, we were. But, well, couldn't you manage to arrange your time so you could have a little fun, too? Oh, my God. metronome. <laughs> oh, God. I was like, girl, I know her. Getting older. The damn. The damn, girl. Pop. Take some glucosamine, honey. What glucosamine is, that? is a vitamin that you can get that um, I'm not exactly sure how you phrase this, but basically it helps your joints. So it like oh. helps it helps build up the like meniscus or something like the thing that's like in between the bones that keeps them from like jostling each other and grinding themselves Uh, down mm, mm, it like mm, helps mm. that stuff so that your your joints kind of slide more easily (laughs) so my (laughs) joints are lubricated and wet you want me to have wet freaking joints dude oh god yeah (laughs) actually that would be very helpful (laughs) it's actually amazing i I take it every day and I notice when I skip a day. Like that's how really much of a difference. Yeah, for real. Did you did you get it from Costco? Yes. Are you taking the vitamins I gave you? My huge ass thing of I have B been, vitamins. Yeah. <laughs> because the 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 multi B. Yeah. I don't know what it's B called. B complex, so complex Com- that B. The complicated B vitamin. Yeah. Is very good for um. What is it? I think it's. I think it's energy release. Like it helps it your energy body release. release energy consistently, which is importante if you have the adhid mm. <clears throat> ADHD, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, stimulants are good, but also just helping your body do the thing that it's supposed to do anyways is also good. And by stimulants, I mean medication prescribed by a doctor, not anything else. <laughs> <laughs> we don't condone drugs no. unless they are prescribed or you buy them at Costco in bulk. <laughs> Apparently in a lot of other countries, you cannot buy, I can't remember if it was acetaminophen or ibuprofen, but you cannot buy it in like bulk, like the way that we sell it here in North America. Like it's, you buy like, you know, when you get like muscle relaxants and there's like six mm. of them in a little mm-hmm. um, foil back popper thing. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Like it's mm-hmm. not contraband, but it's like a controlled substance in all of Europe. Isn't that wild? It is wild. We have a lot of things that is surprising to a lot of to the rest of the world. So and vice versa, and uh, vice versa. Vice versa, indeed. <laughs> when you move into a lot of like rental units in uh, what I think it's Finland? Question mark. One of those Scandinavian countries. You have to bring your own flooring. What? Yeah. In Germany, you have to bring your own appliances. And in Finland, question mark, you have to bring your own fucking flooring, dude? That's crazy. And what do you do with it when you're done? Like, just bring it with, like, take it up and bring it yeah, with Yeah, you got to bring it to the next place. And that's just hope crazy. that it's, like, a similar size or something. Like, that's just so... Yeah, or, so... like, get more. It's no, no, no. the floor. I don't like that. Make the floor be part of the thing that you rent that, like, what the hell? It's like, it's like not having drywall. That's so crazy mm. to me. I think that when Jason was moving to Montreal, he said that some apartments you have to bring your own appliances. 
And I okay, said, some appliances I get, like microwave. You well, know? yeah, but like maybe even a fridge. A fridge, but like stove, like the oven. You have to bring you, your own oven in Germany. It's it's crazy. I don't want to get into a uh, a tangent about this because <laughs> let's not get political. <laughs> This is just our fun little silly, goofy rom-com podcast, okay? Thank you, thank you. That was our intro because we know how you guys like hearing us talk. And that's why you're here, so that we can talk at you. That's why we like to give you a nice juicy intro, baby. Lots of chitta-chatta. Lots of Yappa, yappa, yappa. Like a rat. Hey everyone, welcome back to VomCom, the podcast about rom-coms that you love to hate. <laughs> and hate to love. Is that right? It is right. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, this week mm. we are reviewing, discussing the Broken Hearts Gallery, which may be the most recent podcast, I mean the most recent movie release we've ever done. Mm-hmm. It's 2020. Mm-hmm. Then definitely. We just jumped from a movie from the 90s to then the 2020s. Yeah, we're like, let's bring it into the present. Mm-hmm. The ghost of rom-coms present. <laughs> uh, when was the first time you watched this movie? With you. At, <laughs> in Toronto, maybe like, when when did we, in um In September? September? Yeah, that was like the last first month. time? Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Because I had been, in my mind, I had, like, I had it on my list. We had it on our list of movies to potentially talk about, so I was kind of yeah. saving it. Mm-hmm. Did I watch it for the first time with you guys? I thought I had already watched it. I feel like I had watched it very briefly um, on my own and then was like, yeah, I really liked it. But then when we were watching it all together, I reacted mm-hmm. in a way like it was so new. Yeah, I thought you were watching it for the first time based on your reaction. <laughs> like, they were Maybe. big reactions and you were like, oh my god, look at this. Oh my god, look at this. I was like, oh, she's also watching it for the first time. Maybe, I but think no. maybe it was, I can't even remember. Honestly, I, I can't be trusted. <laughs> if your late night Tetris binges are anything to go by, you no, know you cannot be trusted. <laughs> I don't want to talk about my addiction. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, um, this movie is came out in 2020. And it is starring... Geraldine... You go ahead. You say it. Um, Geraldine... You say it, not me. <laughs> Geraldine Viswanathan, um, who you would know from movies like, I think, Cockblockers is the actual name of the movie, or they just changed it to Blockers. Uh, the TV show Miracle Workers with uh, Daniel Radcliffe. And I think she's done a bunch of other things, but those are the most notable mm-hmm. names. And then also she starring... She was one of the voice actors on BoJack Horseman. That's what I knew her from. Really? I actually have... Yeah, I have Miracle Workers on my list, but I've never actually seen it. Because it's like Daniel Radcliffe, Steve Buscemi, and Geraldine Veneswathen. And I was like, oh, shit. This is yeah. stacked cast. And it just all, all the clips that I've seen look very funny. Anyways um it's a show i've been wanting to watch ever since it came out and like the books by simon rich are also things i want to like buy and read however it's not accessible it's not that accessible on any of like the streaming websites so i haven't Mm. been able to watch it that is Um, a big uh friction point for me too yep mm -hmm. a big barrier 
you would think that it wouldn't be and then once you realize it's not accessible you're like oh so because then I'll we wait. <laughs> used to be exactly we used to be that one two three movies lime wire generation mm-hmm. and now we've become soft and we don't want to do the work i we don't want to put in the grind to find the one link that won't like destroy like physically burn up your computer from the inside <laughs> i used to put myself and my computer in danger all the time by trying to watch things on the on those websites and now i'm like things. if it's not even convenient I, it's over yeah you're like broke. you're like do i really want to watch it that bad not yeah really. exactly. do i really want to pay 4.99 on youtube <clears throat> mm, not really no. no that's also so funny i would not pay 4.99 on youtube to watch a movie i would rather pay a monthly fee that is unreasonable to me so that i have access to it all the time Bro, don't even get me friggin' started on this whole racket of, like, streaming subscription services and the fact that there's, like, 5,000 now and every network is, like, hoarding their shows for only their platform. And it's, like, so you – it's basically, like, back in the day when you had to have a cable package because – now like literally that was supposed to be all these online streaming services were supposed to be the solution to this problem of like weirdly expensive full of ads cable packages Mm -hmm. and now we have weirdly expensive full of ads netflix like streaming services even it's so annoying i think it's um is it apple or amazon they'll do like they play ads bro before your shit and like you can skip them but they make you wait a few seconds like on youtube I yeah. probably Amazon. Amazon also like some you have you pay the Amazon Prime um thing and then oh. you have to buy the channels. Oh, <laughs> bro, Anyways. don't get me started. On, I know like, I don't want to talk about like, it. Hold me back. I know we shouldn't we shouldn't talk about it. Not because it's not important. It is. It is important. It's not because of that, guys. It's because we have other things to talk about. <laughs> it's because we have other things to talk about. And when I think about all of the subscriptions I pay for. I don't want to think about those things. Goodbye. Let's just not. Let's. T- so pretend like there's a little door in the front of your forehead, like um, mm. being John Malkovich. And just yeah. open up the little forehead door. Take the reach in. Take the thought. And then th- throw it like this. Boing. Out Gone, the door. Out of my head. Like um, it's not even in the garbage. It's just like on the floor outside of your door. That thought like you can go pick it up. Whoa. later, But for now not even in the same room forget it uh okay so those are the th- most notable things that geraldine visvanathan has been in uh dacre montgomery montgomery our boy uh some of you dacre will know montgomery from- <laughs> some of you will know him from stranger things he played billy um the very mean mulleted uh beautiful hawkeye <laughs> very mean very sexual very he was powerful. in Power Rangers. Oh yeah, he was. He was like the red one. I he don't was the red know. ranger. Why am I acting like I have any authority on this? I was right. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I knew. And that. then I think he was in the new Elvis movie. Oh yeah. I don't know as who. It says Steve Binder Binder. Um, but yeah, he also doesn't have that many things because he's just kind of been on the scene for a little bit. But, anyways, mm-hmm. and then this movie also has um. Philippa Sue, who I knew looked familiar, and only today when I connected the names, it's uh, she was in the Hamilton musical. Oh, she's a crazy. I knew. Was she one voice. of the sisters? She was one of the sisters. Yeah, she yes. was the one who was okay. married to Hamilton. 
Right. Uh, Suki Waterhouse is briefly in this. Uh, Bernadette Peters. Flawless. Effortless. Utkarsh Ambutkar. Rishi. Yeah. Rishi. Yeah. Rishi from the Mindy Project. Um, so, yeah. So, pretty new movie. Kind of stacked cast. Like, very all familiar faces. You won't mm-hmm. immediately know from what unless you, like, pay attention to these things. But um, pretty good oh, cast, I will um, say. Jeffrey or Jeff, who plays mm. one mm. of one of Lucy's best friends, boyfriends, is um, Derry from Letterkenny. Yes. I remember you guys saying, but I don't watch Canadian Holler. Canadian. You are not very patriotic, huh? Hmm. I know. I'm so sorry. The woman who wrote this movie, her name is Natalie Krinsky, and she did us uh, was a writer for some episodes of Gossip Girl, Grey's Anatomy, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. 90210. And this is her only directorial CW title. Shit. Yeah. This is her only di- direct directorial uh title, but I think she did a good job personally. Yeah. And also, um, Selena Gomez maybe was executive producer or something like that. Of this sh- I of this seeing- movie? Yeah, I remember seeing Selena Gomez's name in the um, credits. Whoa, really? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Selena Gomez serves as an executive producer under her July Moon Productions banner. Sick. Anyways, that was a tangent that didn't really add a lot of value. But no. so this movie is. Did you have the log line for this movie? I would love. To I do. Hear what that is. I also want to mention. I don't know why he's not on like the top billing for some reason, but Arturo Castro is also in this movie, and you guys would know him from um, Broad City. Oh yes, he played Marcos in in this movie. His in what this was the character yes. in Broad City? Can you remember? Um, Jaime. Jaime, yes. So I think it's I think it's Jaime, but they they call him Jaime, but I think it's spelled Jamie. I think that's the joke. Oh, because I, I remember seeing that. it like written down, and I was like, oh, I was like, who is that in the show? I just thought it was some like unknown to me Hispanic traditional name, and I was I like, oh yeah, I'm just uncultured. I just didn't know yeah. that. I know. Me too. Uh, so it the log double, line. It sounds like a double bluff. <laughs> <laughs> the log line of this movie is after a breakup, a young woman decides to start a gallery where people can leave trinkets from past relationships. Mm-hmm. Good. Accurate. Again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No notes. That's no notes. Good, good log good. lines lately. The last few episodes so, we've been doing. Yeah. Right. Um, you watched it for the first time like a month ago, two months ago, and then you just watched it recently. Uh, mm-hmm. How did you how did you uh, feel about it? Because like you would think all of the newer rom-coms you we would all like really like because they're more modern and they don't have the problems that we have established with like 90s rom-coms, 80s rom-coms or even early mm-hmm. 2000s rom-coms. But yeah, how do you how, what's your general kind of opinion okay. on it? Broad strokes approach to this movie is that overall i liked it because it didn't have a lot of the same issues that we've identified in previous you know eras like there was a lot of diversity which was good Mm -hmm. that was like Mm -hmm. one of the first things you notice okay great um there were not that many gender tropes gender-based tropes that are Mm -hmm. kind of tired um 
there was not discriminatory humor, which yeah. was good. Um, so in those ways, it was good. It still, to me, firmly fits within the like a very traditional rom com yeah. because it's kind of formulaic in its um the way that the story develops. Yeah, and I liked it a lot the first time I watched. I will say I liked it slightly less the second time I watched it, mm-hmm. only Fair because enough. it it was not as funny as I remember. Because maybe mm-hmm. it's because I I knew what jokes were coming. But I still think that there was a good chemistry between Geraldine and Dacre in their roles as, correct me if I'm wrong, but Lucy and Nick. Yes. Okay. So yeah, they they were the two leads and like it's a, it's a fun premise and it's mm-hmm. a little bit different and like their interaction made it for me. Like mm-hmm. I didn't think that a lot of the stuff that was meant to be funny was super funny like it was kind Mm -hmm. of one of those ones where you like instead of being like ha ha ha, laugh out loud you kind of go (laughs) it's a nose laugher breather (laughs) what about you i feel the same way so if if i had i'm pretty sure i did watch it before i watched it with you guys in september i think my general feeling of it was like yeah i liked it i liked it more than i thought i was going to and then watching it with you guys i really saw the moments of like their connection and how intense their romance aspect got this is something i wanted to talk about because like it feels like in other movies some of the intensity is not always there it's kind of Mm -hmm. we're kind of told about it a lot more than we actually see it yeah you know so that's something i noticed the second time and then i also kind of felt like that it feels to me like i i understand exactly what you're talking about like the humor Mm -hmm. it feels to me like um it's real life funny not movie funny do you know what i mean yeah so like it is real life funny but also some of the things is like you can tell that it was maybe a person who was not the age that these people are at Mm, wrote this movie yeah you know what the line was that gave it away what when she's in the cabin she said that she was shook as to her core (laughs) she wrote that someone wrote that line in 2022 and it came out and it passed the it passed all editing barriers and made it into the final cut so that's not it yeah so like there was there were some things where i was like okay this is really appealing to um like this this is trying very hard to be kind of like very natural speak or like what young people say but it was a mm-hmm. couple of years behind which like maybe when she was writing yeah. it it was what kids were saying it was oh, what the kids were saying maybe yeah because sometimes sometimes scripts get caught you know in the pipeline fair yeah movies i heard someone say movies take six to seven years to make which is like true because it's not like you do everything in the one year that it's like filmed it takes was it you and jason on on the on a a recent episode of you should check out that we're talking about the avatar movies that one (laughs) of the one of those has been in production since like 2017 or something like that like bro just like let it go no even longer than that because like avatar came out when i was not even in high school yet i think oh my god like the first like 2009 i think and he's the sequel has been worked on since then supposedly allegedly allegedly but like james cameron is just spending all of his fucking time down under in the ocean (laughs) in the deep blue sea but anyways um 
<gasps> Blue. Avatar. <laughs> so that's that's um that's kind of what it felt like. Um and I don't know how much like they were encouraged to do kind of like improv to put their own voices in it. Some of the things felt natural and some of the other things I was just like I don't you're like trying to be funny to me and I don't love yeah. it all the time. I felt a lot of that with like the roommates. The roommates. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they aren't funny. It's not that I don't like either of those actresses and I don't think that they're funny. It just felt like, uh, I don't know, you can really tell It looks like the director started someone... rolling and they said, be funny. Yeah. And they went, uh. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can definitely tell like when an improv, like when actual people who know how to improv, like, comedically are improving things that are funny and then when people like who Ferrell. are just told yeah and when people are just told to improv and like do something funny on the thing that was one of my biggest things with this movie is that like it is the typical kind of rom-com where it feels like the main two characters are fully fledged out characters Mm-hmm. While everybody else around them serves their purpose to the character. And, like, mm-hmm. I understand they are there to help the story go along. But also, it's 2020? It's 2022? Like, let's give them some backbone, you know? The only exception... There's two exceptions to that. Mm. Because because the things... They, they're not, they don't get a lot of screen time, these two characters. But when mm-hmm. they do get screen time, there is enough nuance to what they say or what we learn about them that I'm like, oh, these are like these are very intentional this is intentional writing and the two people are bernadette peter's character who plays mm-hmm. is eva wolf who is the gallery yeah. owner the the gallery owner that lucy works at at the beginning of the film and because she's got this whole backstory that we get tiny little glimpses into mm-hmm. but when she reveals what her contribution is to the broken hearts gallery it's like this deep story about her divorce and how it gave her like a new lease on life and all this kind of stuff. And that, so that was one exception. And the other exception that I would argue is um, Marcos. Yes. Because he's like, he he keeps on like trying to get out of there. It's like every time he's in a scene, he's trying to leave because he's got other stuff to do. <laughs> and like, yeah. that is so real. Like it's very he's real. Like, he's like, yo, I, my, my dude, I Marcos am helping my friend, Nick, build his hotel which is part of the premise of this movie and i love you dearly my good friend nick but i also have a child on the way and i need to take jobs that pay money and i'm very sorry but i have to go for this reason because you can't pay me because you're broke yeah and that's his whole storyline but then he he keeps coming back as like his in a friend capacity to nick Mm -hmm. which is like it's like that is so real and i feel like that the realisticness of being like, hey, man, I love you, but I do need to do stuff that gets me paid. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't put any yeah. more time into this. Like, it hurts me, but... And then he moves on. And then you see his wife and blah, blah, blah. So, like, that... He is more fleshed out because of that. Like, I agree. I don't think I could say the same thing of any of the other characters. No. Like, one yeah. of her roommates... What's her name? Who was the one... Who was the I don't one? remember either of their names. <laughs> I literally don't know. So the lawyer allegedly is named Amanda. And then the other one who okay. uh, Nadine, is Nadine. Nadine or Nadine, uh, the lesbian stay-at-home model, mm-hmm. um, which was a funny joke. So yeah, Nadine is a, is a stay-at-home model. Makes sense why she's always at home at the beck and call. But like Amanda, sorry, excuse me, I'm... Doing some passion fruit LaCroix burps. Bless you. (laughs) 
Um, Amanda is a lawyer, allegedly. Yeah. And she's there all the fucking time. It's funny because Amanda is the one who's dating the guy who plays Derry in Letterkenny. And there's this ongoing joke in Letterkenny where they'll say something that supposedly happened and they'll go, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. And then you just went, she's a lawyer? Allegedly. <laughs> okay. I say that because one of my friends say that at work. I wonder if they got it from Letterkenny. I wonder too. You should ask them. I'll ask them. You should inquire about your friends' lives and interests. God. You're right. Oh my God. Main character behavior in the sense that I am arrogant and entitled. (gasps) Uh, But yeah, I know one lawyer. He's not at home all the freaking time. No, busy as fuck. Bobo hours, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So I, not that I'm like, this movie isn't believable, but I'm just like, She's literally just, they're always there hanging out together so that they can quip while she's going through her crises, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. the that's what I don't like. And I don't even dislike the fact that they are so on top of the guys that, like, she is dating. So uh, when Max at one point comes to apologize to her, and we're trying this episode we're trying not to like recap the entire movie go watch the movie. yeah we get too <laughs> carried we're away guilty. <laughs> we're guilty we recap the entire thing and then we lose track of our points and then we go for like two hours we don't want to do that anymore so, yeah i made a very a very curated list of things to talk about today also so i'm yeah. keeping it together also so when max the older guy who breaks uh lucy's heart at the beginning of the movie and sparks her to start this uh, broken hearts gallery when he comes to apologize instead of walking away and giving them like the the patio or whatever to talk on they go and sit beside him which is like that's funny semi-realistic and like that's the kind of friends that they are um so i like like those aspects and like how kind of aggressively defensive they are of their friend for like any of the guys who are hurting her which Mm -hmm. is great but then when they're like just quipping to each other, like they just keep talking. Amanda kept making jokes about her sex life with Jeff, who was sitting right there all the time. And it's like, if I had a friend who only ever made references to making love with her boyfriend, she would not be my friend. Yeah. You know? Her boyfriend, who is an iPad baby, basically. Literally, who is an iPad baby. They were at her birthday party singing karaoke. He is wearing a Halloween mask and he has the headphones over it with the cell phone. I was like, what the fuck kind of terrible two toddler bullshit is this? Anyways. Yeah. Those are my gripes about the friends because these are great actresses. Yeah. They could have had more to work with, you know? I feel like I, I feel like the premise of this movie is so fun and good and the writing between Lucy and Nick is so fun and good and even Ava as well and Max like the four like the the very very core main screen time people mm-hmm. um they, basically anyone who interacts with Lucy for like a significant amount of time on screen one one those people are well written everyone else is like an afterthought in the writing and that's where it fell short and that is to say, like, I feel like there was a good intent behind it and good yeah. writing partially, but it just, the, where it where it didn't quite go the full distance for me um, yeah. was, was the peripheral characters. And I get it because, like, peripheral characters, you don't necessarily need them to be fleshed out. They don't need to be, they don't need to have character growth, etc. But it would be nice for, like, variety, a little bit of 
a little bit of variety in the jokes, for example. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It can't always just be jokes about her supermodel Russian girlfriends. Which is all it was. Which is all it was. And then all of the jokes about how even though Jeff is a quiet guy, he he comes alive while making love. Ew. (laughs) I don't even want that to be said about myself. Gross. The way... (laughs) Amanda, the character of Amanda talks is like she is like a sixty-year-old woman in like yeah. a twenty-six-year-old's body. She's trying to, be and then Samantha the way Jones. that Nadine, <laughs> Nadine just talks like a dude. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's actually I'm so Nadine and what is the name of the lady who Max breaks up with Lucy for at the beginning of the movie? The doctor. Oh, Amelia? Something? Yeah, something like that. Oh, yeah, Dr. Amelia Dr. Black. Dr. Amelia okay. Black. <laughs> yeah. So, so one thing that I loved, loved, loved about this movie is that they wrote her like a man. Yeah. They, they gave her the douchebag role that women so rarely get to play on screen. Yeah. Like this whole thing of like, she, Lucy comes up to her and goes, hi. And she goes, bonjour. Oh, sorry. I just came back from Paris. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> and then like, and then Lucy like stutters or something. And she goes, oh, are you okay? I'm a doctor. Like she keeps on doing these like weird brags and stuff. And oh. like all of just the way that she talked, everything she said, I was just like, oh God. Like, and I was like, yo, why do I keep on having this reaction? Like this visceral ugh, reaction to everything that Ami- Dr. Amelia Black says. And I'm like, oh, it's because I've dated that guy. <laughs> or like, that's how they write guys. That's how they write the quote unquote wrong guy TM in rom-coms when there's like, it's like he's a doctor, but he won't stop bragging about it, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's this lady. And I, th- I thought that was a nice touch. And they did the same thing with Nadine. Like, or Nadine, I honestly don't know why I'm having a hard time with his name. I think it's Nadine. But Nadine, her entire personality is that she is a lesbian model who dates Russian, other lesbian Russian models. <laughs> that is her entire role and personality. Yeah. What they else e- do we know about her? they even no literally nothing else genuinely nothing else do we know about her the they even say to her like you are so gross (laughs) if you were a man we would hate you which is great we but like see that's so like rich and so just add a couple more things yeah like um add a couple more things to just make it seem like they're like their own actual people you know yeah that's all it lacked was a little bit of a little bit of um anecdotal depth yeah or something something that just puts it it a bit more in real life and characters say weird shit sometimes this is the thing too it's like you don't have to be um saying like oh i'm a doctor and your friend like you don't have to be saying that she literally could be in scrubs or doing something like model behavior or like for once amanda is carrying around a briefcase you know what do lawyers do yeah because yo actually now that you say that it's like every time she goes home they're just chilling at home they're literally chilling yes just exist waiting for her to come by so that they can go on a side quest with her exactly 
that was honestly honestly that's my biggest issue with this movie just because mm-hmm. i want more and it for it for it to be done well you know yeah anyways yeah. <laughs> those were my wow i got right into my biggest gripes with this this movie do you want me to do, do you want me to just give you some prompts that of things that i had noticed and see yes, what you please. just you can just give me your little give me your take on things um okay one there's a character called harvard yeah this is um it's an it's a it's a nickname but they call her harvard um she is a co she she's a co-worker of lucy's at the gallery at the beginning of the movie do we think harvard is decoded Ooh, i was gonna say her and jeff are autistic coded (laughs) yeah probably yeah because there's a few things that i noticed Mm. she is self-described as quote not having feelings Mm -hmm. she says something like and you know i don't have feelings Mm-hmm. Which is not to say that autistic people do not have feelings, but there is definitely not. There's there people who are autistic pretend to not display as much of an emotive reaction a lot of the time as people expect as neurotypical people expect of them. Yeah. So is like is that maybe self like a self um, like a self internalized thing where she's like, well, people people keep telling me i don't have feelings so she internalizes well i don't have feelings right yeah she's very she's very rule oriented um lucy calls her an energy vampire which is a weird (laughs) thing but then i was thinking about it and i was like yo like if you don't get a lot of social cues yeah you could be perceived as being an energy vampire because you're not like quote-unquote picking up on the cues right yeah. So you're kind I, of just ignoring it. I don't know. That was my connection. But the thing is, she did notice that there was something weird happening between Lucy and Max, though. So she yeah. does pick up on social cues. So I'm like, maybe not. I um, I saw the energy vampire thing as her just being like, like, I mean, just with her one interaction with Lucy, she just came to like dish with her because it doesn't seem like there's anybody else in the yeah. office. And like to obviously call her out on this very obvious relationship she lucy has with an older person she works with to just then call her out and stir some pot stir some shit because she's just like a mean person she's just like a mean girl portrayed as mean because i i i was not picking up mean at all i was picking up she is autistic coded and she is being misunderstood (laughs) (laughs) that's what i was thinking i mean the whole time i i don't know i think the intention was that she socially no 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 but i think like it was just very like typical mean girl movie behavior you know okay i'm like okay well i'm over here being like but she's misunderstood no one understands her (laughs) but like also for her to be like you know i don't have feelings okay you went to harvard and you work at an art gallery and you don't have feelings okay how are you how are you figuring out what's good art then huh get the fuck out of my face get the fuck out of here okay new talking point for you yeah the answer where we settled on the last the last talking point maybe (laughs) perhaps tomato tomato to you autistic coded to me mean girl uh baddie six one half a dozen of the other so next point what do you think out of all the things that people contributed to the broken heart gallery which for those of you who have not seen the movie one go see the movie two 
The whole concept of the Broken Heart Gallery is that it's UGC, user-generated content. People bring in their own submissions. <laughs> People bring in their own submissions of things that they have that they want to let go of and contribute to the Broken Heart Gallery so that they can move on with their lives, let go of their heartbreak, and contribute to like a group, kind of like a group collaborative project. So it's a nice, it's a nice concept that Lucy's come up, come up with. I love the concept. I'm so mad I never thought of it myself, you know? It exists in real (gasps) life. Did you know that? Somewhere in Russia or Ukraine, somewhere in Eastern Europe, and it's called the Gallery of Broken Relationships. So not as catchy of a name, but the exact same concept. That's very cool. So out of all of the things that you saw that people contributed to the Broken Hearts Gallery, what was your favorite item that was contributed? Um, my favorite would be, well, on an emotional level, the one that mm-hmm. Eva Wolf <gasps> submits at the end. Oh, the em- that's not what I thought you were the empty, the empty ring box I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the champagne bottle that never got yes. opened <gasps> that one oh my god tearjerker yeah. i honestly like, okay recently i don't know dude i have been crying during these movies recently and when me too dude all the time i cry all the time <laughs> lately <laughs> life comes at you fast the champagne is a really nice one and when he was when she ran into the guy later the barista who had given yeah. the champagne and he's like telling her his life story and he's like thank you so much you really helped me and then he was like oh i just that really jerked my tears <laughs> i know his conversation with her there were parts of this movie where like i teared up like when i watch it with you guys and even yeah. on the rewatch like today i was crying and one of them um one of them was when she goes and sees her mom oh yeah with uh with nick and that was a big tearjerker and then like with dacre montgomery the most <laughs> the, what is that line from what we do in the shadows the most devious man in new york city in new york city did i did you did i tell you he was at a concert i went to he performed Stop. shut the fuck so up. i watched uh i went to a gorillas concert like a couple of weeks ago for them for their encore, he yeah. came out like in this huge what? cape. What the fuck? Is he touring and... with them? My voice no, just like... cracked. <laughs> no, so like what we do in the shadows, the TV show films in Toronto. Shut up. I know. When I heard that, I was like, what? Uh, yeah, I so mean, of sh- all of the, I know that so many things have been filmed in Toronto. And like, I remember when I was living in Res, literally on U of T campus, they were filming Hannibal and we would, I would walk by the trailers every day and like drag my hands along the one that said <laughs> Mads Mickelson and be like, one day, Mads, you and I, you and I. But that, this shocks me because where do they film it? I don't know. I'll tell you when I watch the show because then I'll, I can maybe point it out. Tell me when you watch the show and make a list of the places that they film so that we can yeah. accidentally casually walk by a film <laughs> next time they're filming. Um, but yeah, they, they brought him out for the encore and he did a dramatic reading because like gorillas are kind of, they're very like performative and they have a lot of um, like kind of storytelling to their songs sometimes or their music videos. So he was performing mm-hmm. a piece about this weird little island i think from one of the albums a couple of years ago and he was just like doing a very dramatic reading like i have videos of it and he's just doing it in his like not as 
silly as in his voice, but he has like this big booming voice. He's this English dude, Amazing right? Voice. Very big He's performative got, like, a voice. Stage actor voice. Yeah. I was screaming the entire time and like I'm pretty sure people did not know who he was and even the person I was with I was like yanking on her arm I was like yes I couldn't remember his name in the moment but I was like I know who that is <laughs> but anyways that just um, reminds okay. me sorry 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 my next not talking point for you yeah hell yeah how does Lucy keep running into Max so many times in a city as big as New York how does she accidentally run into him so many times so many times they clearly don't live in the same neighborhood they no longer work in the same neighborhood the only explanation i have is that she (laughs) bitch it's a movie no 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 (laughs) no no no. one is that i think the places that she goes to she brought him to Mm -hmm. so then now it's the thing of like Oh, I know this cool bookstore. Mm-hmm. Let me go there. And then she was there with Nick. Oh my God. That actually, st- that has legs because <laughs> part of, this is like reading too much into it, but part of um like Max's character is that Lucy yes. props him up. Like mm-hmm. she gives him information that makes him look good at his work. Yeah. This is like an ongoing theme is that like he likes having, Max likes having Lucy around because like adds to his life and like helps him get a leg up professionally yeah she's useful to him like she's a tool yeah so like it would make sense that he just keeps going to all the places that she showed him because he never found his own places he was just using the ones that she showed him yeah that's my reasoning um another another point that i have here is one that I think I wrote this one for you. Thank you. I don't even know what it is, but thanks. This is a, a I know that you'll appreciate this because the first time I watched this, we watched it together and mm. you kept making comments about this. And um, as I was watching it again, I went, oh, that is correct that she was right for making comments about that. And so this is a list of a comprehensive list of moments that Dacre Montgomery <gasps> makes the audience melt into their seats. Yeah. Okay. And feel yes. free to add. Yes. So. So starting from, um, we're, we're going to go chronologically here from the beginning of the movie. Um, oh, amazing. Amazing. Just the hi- highlights. It's the way I like things chronologically. It's how I like things. Organized. Capricorn things. <laughs> Hashtag. When he, um, when Lucy gets into his car during yep. their meet cute, she thinks he's an Uber. He's not. Spoiler. And she says, um, like, I'm going to this location. I'm having the worst night of my life. And he's like, I'm not an Uber. And she's ignoring him. She's too drunk. And she's ignoring him. And she says, I've had the worst day ever. And he so softly says, he pauses and goes, where are you going? Yeah. He just, you see the wheels turning in his head. And he just sees this girl having a rough night. And he's just a tender-hearted gentleman. And he just says, where are you headed? And then just takes her there. Ugh. Goosebumps. I have literal goosebumps. Literally. Literally. Can you see the arm hairs? My yeah. Italian American arm hairs <laughs> standing up, standing up. Like okay, so that's that's one of the first ones. Yeah. Oh god, um, this is a long list. This whole episode yes. is just gonna this be. Is, it's it's actually less than ten. So because oh. I, I kept it, I said comprehensive, but I should have said highlights. Like the best, the got best. It, got, it, got it. Got it. Okay. Um, when he hung the tie. Yeah. And she dubbed it the Broken Hearts Gallery. Yeah. And he just looked at her. 
in yep. contemplation. She's standing there. She named it and she stands back. And the, sh- the focus of the shot is supposed to be on her. But then if you take a little closer look and you look at him, he's just eating her up like a little entree with his yep. eyes. Can I just say one thing? If anyone out there <laughs> wants to write a single movie, a book, mm-hmm. direct a movie, anything, a fan yep. fiction, no matter what the fuck it is, if you don't, if you and your scenes don't have your love interest looking at each other when the other one is not looking, Long you way. cannot, you cannot say it's romance. Get the fuck out of my face. Yeah. Like, why would you even pretend to be able to write about something that you don't know if you don't yeah. have those scenes? Like, it's exactly. obvious that it's you're a obvious. faker, a liar, and a, <laughs> a cheat. <laughs> Like, you gotta have it. It makes a difference. I think we've established already that's, like, uh, one of the, like, female gaze kind of things. Um, the looking when mm. the other person's, like, mm. not noticing mm. that they're looking. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean. Like, we, as women, as people who identify as women, we know what you're trying to sell us. Sell us a good product, okay? Yeah. You know what we want. Give it to us properly. Mm. We've been saying. Yeah. And some people do it so, so well. Joe yes. Wright, I'm looking at you. Joe Wright does it you. very well. Dacre Montgomery and does it very well. Phoebe, uh, I Waller don't know if Bridge. Phoebe Waller. <laughs> I was going to say Phoebe Bridges and I was like, that's wrong. <laughs> I always get the two of them mixed up. Phoebe Waller Bridge, stunning. Stunning. Oh, oh, stunning. Yeah. Prosecco in it. Oh, stunning. <laughs> Emma Darcy, oh. also, they do it really well. If you've seen oh House God. of the Dragon, they do it really well. I can't talk. I can't talk about. I have conflicted emotions. Conflicted. We kind of talk about this, but off the. Oh end. my God! This is. Are we going to start another podcast? <laughs> okay. So moving on. Um, one of the ongoing. Uh, this is point number three. One of the mm. ongoing things throughout, like maybe the first half of the movie, is that as they're getting to know each other, um, Lucy will say these very um whimsical, lighthearted things, and Nick will be like, um, actually. He'll um actually her, right? A lot. And that's yeah. like that's the part of the, 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 the chemistry between the two of them. Um at one point she she is explaining to him that she does fear for Jeff's life because Amanda talks about killing him and she's very weird about murder mysteries. And then she goes, But it's all right, you know, because you can't testify against your friends. And he just looks at her <laughs> and he you can t- you can see the cogs turning where he's deciding, do I do I say do I I'm actually her or do I just let her let her be her little whimsical self? And he just goes, totally. <laughs> he's just looking at her. The pause and the totally, the way he's looking at her, bro, it's 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 immeasurable. But the way that yeah. he looks, my God, he's got it. I will say basically that whole scene where they're at Amanda's birthday party bro from the second that scene starts and they're at they are together do like even talking before they even get on Mm. stage and do karaoke that whole sequence is almost (laughs) absolutely illicit I was re-watching this movie and that scene and um, the scene that they're just together, like drinking after they go see her, see her mom. Oh. <laughs> I was like, honestly, the way I react to this is so like visceral. visceral. Like I, yeah, I could watch kind of like any porn at this point. Like I'm not phased by a lot of things. <laughs> you show me that, and I will blush. Right? You're like, should I go? Should I? Do you guys? Should I pause? Like, that's what <laughs> when I. 
when we were watching it together, I got embarrassed watching it with you guys because I was like, this is intimate. (laughs) Right? It was. It was so intimate. They were like... And especially when they were singing karaoke, their faces oh. were 1.5 centimeters apart. Like He only had eyes for her the entire time they were singing, especially when he was like, I really cannot sing. This mm-hmm. is terrible. I do not want to do this. And then he gets up there and it's like he is just so in love. It was unbearable to watch. Oh my God, yes. And the way, especially the way he phrased that particular line, he's like, we haven't actually talked about this, but my singing voice is actually shocking like that was very funny like i have also a list here of of like my favorite quotes but i won't go i won't say them all but i'm gonna ask what your favorite quote is so so keep that in mind okay um but uh the next point on the list is actually because you had actually mentioned the uh uh him drinking in the wait um, i'm jumping ahead of myself i forgot i have two okay Let's do this. I'm getting too excited about this list. But <laughs> the next one is when she walks in on him in the hotel and he's just brooding with a glass of whiskey and oh, his hands are behind his head like this. So funny. And he's just, you just see his his triceps just in just on full display like an absolute hussy. And he's got a like couple fingers of whiskey in front of him on the table. Yeah. And I'm just like, who, who is this? Who is this, you know? And he just I, walks in. Yeah. She walks in totally like she is very, you know, as we've previously established, she's very whimsical. She walks in, la da da like, how's it going? I want to do this thing and blah, blah, blah. And I bought some tennis rackets for decor. And he's like, I didn't get the loan. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, You're got honest. his hands like that. <laughs> it's very key that he had his hands behind his head because that's yeah. the female gaze right there, okay? It really is. And then the next item on the list is when he asks her when they're on the couch and um she's like leaning up against him she like (gasps) has her head like resting on his chest and they're both just drinking casually alone in this like sultry hotel and she is like so oblivious to the fact that he's in love with her and he and he goes she goes do you have any plans tomorrow and he just looks at her again. It's whenever he pauses and just looks at her and yeah. then says a line. He says, "What do you want to do?" And then yeah. he just just eats her up with his eyes. <laughs> just just eats her up. And I'm just like, "Oh my god, good god, man!" Yeah, it's too much. Uh, that scene also because like she's not facing him. Her head is on his chest. They're mm-hmm. both just like casually drinking and like they're so comfortable. But it's the way that he's like talking to her and mm-hmm. his head is on her on ch- uh, his chin is on her head oh my god so fucking cute and it's just like so intimate small moments and like you as an audience member sometimes you'll look at it and be like you stupid idiot like obviously you guys have feelings <laughs> for each other who would be right? touching i'm like people who are kind of afraid to share their feelings they do like they find yeah. excuses to touch each other right mm-hmm. uh runner up to that scene when they uh-huh. were carrying the dirty ass couch that i could not believe they picked up oh i and think then, i know what you're gonna say yeah and then they're sitting on the couch with their legs kind of draped all over each other oh uh, what i thought you were gonna say obscene yes. inappropriate unbelievable the so fact cute. that the fact that these people did not like it was so it's one of those things it's like everyone Everyone knows. Yeah. Everyone knows. This is the thing I wanted to talk about as well after. They both knew, like, definitely Nick knew because his friends were telling him and he was kind of acknowledging it. He just didn't want to talk about it, which, as Mm. we've established, as he has said so himself, he is not good at opening up, which is like, Mm -hmm. fair enough, buddy. 
I I know that I identify with that person because mm-hmm. I am dating that person. Oh, <gasps> exposed, expose, expose. <laughs> he also says it. He he's self. He's like he's Nick's self-aware. Is self-aware, and he's like. And then at one point, like early on, he's like, everyone either disappoints you or hurts you or leaves you and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, whoa, okay, you're a pessimist. Yeah. Okay, okay. And, yeah. a, and a minimalist. <laughs> and he has, oh God, when he, I remember watching it together. And when he went, I'm a minimalist, I burst out laughing. Yeah. Because yeah. I am dating that person. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, keep going with your list. Okay, so next item on the list. When she goes back to the hotel, I think it's after she introduces him to her mom. That also that scene is also very good. Yeah. Like the I didn't put any scene. melty moments no. in that particular scene because it was more about like familial love and he was like yeah. learning about her hurt and stuff and I didn't like feel that in those in that scene although it was very like revealing between the characters which is good um but the next scene is when she I can't remember why she goes to the bar but it's right when she goes into the bar and they're standing at the main bar on the lower floor and he goes <laughs> he just <laughs> leans and he goes do you want to have a drink with me oh my and god and bro the way that he said it bro literally shut the front door lock it i'm gonna be institutionalized from the way that he said that and that was when he (laughs) took her into the secret bar he takes her into the secret bar that he built that she didn't know about so that was like ooh, i am i cannot literally I, I do not feel comfortable literally revealing my feelings but allow me to metaphorically show you like a secret part of me by showing you the yeah. secret part of my hotel that I built. Yeah. And that leads me to the next best melty moment, which is when they're in the secret bar. She's sitting at one of the stools. It's candlelight. <laughs> There's jazz playing or something. Something like <laughs> Father John Misty is playing or something. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And he he makes two drinks. He hands her a drink. And then he just leans onto the bar. And again, his face is 1.5 inches, centimeters away from her face. And he's literally just leaning into her and into the candlelight. And I was like, sweet mother of Mary. Yeah. This is very intimate that I'm watching. I feel like yeah. I should leave. Yeah. My IUD popped out of my body. conception (laughs) that whole sequence because like it's so funny how it had gone from the very nice sweet tender moments of uh lucy introducing him to her mom Mm -hmm. and like that being very nice and him dealing with that in like a very nice way that was a melty part for me was when he was Mm -hmm. like he was just like being nice about it and then like flirting with her mom and like that's very nice and normal and i yeah um and it cuts from that. It fades into them back at the hotel, just staring at each other. Like, obviously, they had been talking. But mm-hmm. the way that we get brought into that is that they're literally just staring at each other. And he's like, thank you for, or she says first, I don't know, thank you for, like, coming today or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's just already got his bedroom voice on. Literally, I think it is the female gaze because I'm pretty sure he says thank you for bringing me with you today yeah like thank you for showing me this intimate part of you 
yeah, a woman wrote, very, wrote that. A woman, <laughs> a woman fully wrote, wrote that. that. <laughs> and then she was like, thank you for being there. And then um, mm-hmm. she, they're just like with their touches, like they had been touching before, but there's something so different about this sort of like both of them almost not touching so that when yeah. he does touch her arm when she reaches for the drink because he's like do you want to have a drink with me and she she was like yeah <laughs> did you like, notice yeah. that they were very subtly holding hands like holding fingertips were they like, already on her lap yeah they were already yes because i saw her like point with the one hand and then maybe he he like grabbed it after but th- because then he like give me that re- <laughs> he, he redirects you to when she reaches for the bottle because she's like uh he asked me for a drink let's drink now and then he stops her by just touching the like her forearm and then <gasps> it's just like stroking it and Gasp. he's like no not here and then i literally would have been like okay where then <laughs> How do you stay composed? Literally, your brain just does the like old internet boot up sound, and you just yeah. can't speak. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. And then like, and then it it goes into like his secret hipster Narnia. That whole sequence again, the karaoke sequence and this sequence unbearable to watch. Absolute porn mm. on TV. Mm-hmm. PG thirteen, my the, ass. Uh, Let's, I don't know what the category is for ladies, but it's the for ladies category. (laughs) Sensual. Yeah. Anyways, those are my, those are, that's my list of like the biggest, best moments. (sighs) They're very good moments. He is Mm -hmm. so, um, when I saw him like cast for this, I was like, of course, like he's the next Mm -hmm. up and coming thing. He was very hot in Stranger Things. Everyone is Mm -hmm. so obsessed with him. And then I saw Obsessed this. and conflicted because he was yeah. evil, like Damon. He was a bad dude. <laughs> he was a bad dude. Or bad Damon dude. on the Vampire Diaries. <laughs> <laughs> or just anybody named Damon ever. Yeah, so when I saw it, I was like, ugh. And then I... Because I was scared. I had been burned by, like, the Noah Centineos, you know? <gasps> <sighs> How'd they fall so fast? That actually reminds me of something which are you open to a segue right now yeah something i've been meaning to talk to you about oh boy when is it serious okay yeah i went to go see the film black adam this week oh yeah with Dwayne the wayne johnson (laughs) yeah and who was in it but noah centineo he was he was he is now in the DC superhero universe as a character called Adam Smasher, I think. Irrelevant. Yeah. The point is that I realized something and it's very serious. And it's that we as a community are having our rom-com male leads usurped from us through the rom-com male lead to superhero movie pipeline. <gasps> You're right. Chris Evans, Mark Ruffalo, Ryan Reynolds, Paul Rudd, Heath Ledger, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Bradley Cooper, <gasps> all of them. Think about it. The list goes on. I think I've uncovered something. I may be onto something. If I go missing, <laughs> this is a record. Just follow the trail that I've started with. The, I, I have a murder wall in my room of this, this phenomenon. So just follow the trail and you'll find who took me. You're so right. 
Yeah. And Kevin the Feige. newest victim. <laughs> it, victim? Wait, who? Ke- no, Kevin Feige took you, took you out. But you didn't sign an NDA with Marvel, so you're fine. <laughs> I didn't sign and I didn't sign shit. And I never will. Fuck contracts. Just kidding, unless you want to sponsor us. What's up? What's up, Ritz Snackwiches and White Claw? Just saying. Ah. Non-spawn. Yet. Yet, baby. Manifesting. What are we going to do about it? Riot. Yeah. Where, where's our, where are our pussy hats, huh? <laughs> Pull out the pussy hats, ladies. We're going rioting. Pull out the Nancy Myers cashmere outfits and just plop a pussy hat on top. And then that's the full fit for the um, protest. The rom-com riots. (laughs) Give us back our men. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, Chris Pine also? (gasps) Chris Pine. Dude, the list goes on. I'm sure I can think of more. If I sat down. Adam. No, he didn't do a, a rom-com. He was in a rom-com, but he, he was in a rom-com. rom-com. He, yeah. You know who just technically also who was in this movie, who was at, in actuality in this movie and technically was a rom-com lead was Pierce Brosnan. Oh, shit. Yeah, he was in this movie, too. He was Dr. Fate in this movie. And I'm pretty sure he was he was the guy who they imply is the dad. Right. Or who Meryl Streep was in love with in Mamma Mia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, um, eh, we've gone back and forth on whether or not that's a rom-com. Does it have rom? Yes. Does it have com? Yes. But is it primarily musical? Also, yes. Have we gone back and forth? I have never heard this conversation. Cat, we've talked about this three or four times. <laughs> this is one of the only times you'll catch me remembering something that catching... Yo, I caught you slipping, Cat. The first first and potentially only time. I'm so glad it's recorded. <laughs> deleting it wow i can't i'm not gonna be able to stop thinking about this Mm -hmm. they've taken all our men it goes all the way to the top who do we have (laughs) oh dacre's gonna be cast in something i'm sure like good for you dacre sign get your get that cash boy he's already been a uh a power ranger it's only a matter of time you're right matthew good he was in watchmen yes but he did watchmen before leap year but anyway anyways now i'm gonna spiral um, what are some of your favorite quotes? Okay, so I would say my top, top favorite quote was mm. <laughs> when she says, um, Lucy is giving a speech. Yes, we have the same To quote. introduce Max. Oh, you, yeah. you have it also? Yeah. <laughs> um, she's giving a speech where she's introducing Max and then she sees Max canoodling with, um, dr black and she goes off the rails and starts one of these bridget jones-esque kind of tirades and she says you know what's whatever happened to uh just dating one person huh jane austen didn't write about polyamory no no it was emma not emma's yeah she holds her one little finger up like so cute (laughs) no i when i first heard that line I like shouted laughter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, me too. That was very funny. I have I also like the part where um where Max comes to try and get her back and the two her two roommates confront him and they're like threatening him weirdly and vaguely and yeah. then she's like, "Yeah, we're going to we're going to I can't remember what she said, but she's like, "Yeah, we're going to wear you like a tampon or something." And I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" She goes, "You know the second day when your period is really heavy?" And she's just asked and then like so so quietly you just hear Max go, 
I've heard of it. <laughs> she's like, she's describing in depth the second day of your period, you know, really heavy flow. And he goes just like so timidly like, yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. That was a good one. What was your favorite quote? Uh, the Emma, not Emma's, was very funny. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like, ugh, I'm going to like steal it. <laughs> also, no, actually, there was one part that when we watched it together that you laughed really loud, which is where um, um, he's like, oh, like, she, he, for some reason, he gets, like, hit in the face with a bag on her behalf because this lady thinks that she was beating him up on the street. She, this lady, it's such a complicated scenario, but basically he gets hit in the face, okay? And she gives him, like, a bag of frozen peas or something, and he's like, oh, like, she says, only a terrible person would leave you alone in your time of need. And he goes, yeah, and I'm beginning to think that you're that terrible person. And she goes, no, I'm nice. <laughs> She just, he walks off screen and he goes, yeah. uh, you're that terrible person. And she's like, no, I'm nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you. I think, I think Amy laughed very hard at that. Mm-hmm. That was very I, funny. I also laughed. That was very cute. Um, she is very cute. Uh, I don't think we've talked about that enough. I love however annoying this character is. And if I was actually friends with her, it would be very stressful for me. Um, yeah. Well, but actually, I, love- I feel like. It's kind of one of those friends that every once in a while you just want to slap once on each cheek and say, get a grip. But on the most part, genuine and lovely. Yeah. She's like a water sign for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh, she's a, do you think she's a Scorpio? But she's not mysterious. I think she's a Pisces, dude. She's a Pisces. Really? Oh, Hard yeah, on really, her sleeve. No filter. She's really in her emotions. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, Mindy Kaling, Mindy Lahiri type yeah every thought that it comes into her head no filter (laughs) open book emotionally intelligent there was another line where she says she's like she had convinced nick to allow her to like open this gallery in his unopened hotel and she convinced him to by be by being like i know how to paint and saw like i'll help you free labor you got it and then his friend, Marcos, who we've established we love, he was like, yeah, you need to pay your dues. Get me coffee in the morning. She's like, will do. Got it. She shows up the next day. She sees that they're having a very intense conversation because, again, Marcos is having that conversation where he's like, buddy, I love you. I got to go. I got to make that coin. Yep. You are not paying me yep. any coin. Um, <laughs> so she walks in in the middle of it. She's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, big like i'm paraphrasing big conversation big feeling should we talk about it the cfo has arrived chief feelings officer (laughs) i knew you would like that i like that a lot you probably Um, want to get a little little badge that says that on your desk i do when when she said it i was like that's funny i like that you gritted Um, your teeth and you went that's very funny (laughs) good joke Wish I thought then, of it. <laughs> I know. And then there's another uh, kind of like an interaction between Marcos and his wife where, you know, she asks the thing of like, if I was a worm, would you still love me? Kind of thing. <laughs> but she was like, I if I that. died, <laughs> she's like, if I died, like, um, would you be sad? And he was like, yeah, of course I'd be sad unless I we had like kids, which we will. Then I'll be like, okay, it's sad, but you'll be missed. But I have the kids, I'll, I'll be fine. She and then she goes, you won't, you shouldn't, uh, you're not allowed to marry within the first year. And he's like, no, 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 yeah. of course not. 
And then she asks him, which one of my friends would you marry? And even before she's like finished asking the question, he answers very fast uh, with a name. (laughs) And instead of being like, you know, the typical uh, wife kind of trope of being like, ah, I'm upset. You shouldn't Mm -hmm. have said my friend's name. You know, that was a trick question and you failed. And you failed. Why don't you know what I'm thinking Why did I sound or like all Jean? of my tricks? Huh? Whenever we talk like this, we sound like Jean Belcher. Yeah. I think we are Jean Belcher. <gasps> I think we are. Actually, yeah. I think we're... Tell yourself, which Belcher are you? Oh, this is very hard for me. I'm d- I think I'm, I'm a combo of Linda Tina. and Tina and Jean. Yeah, yeah. me too. I was going to say, I think we're more Tina and Jean. And then like Amy is more we're- Louise and... Yes, and Bob. Jean. And oh, Bob. Jean, really? I was going to say Louise and Bob. <laughs> yeah, because then we would be uh, Linda, Tina, and Jean. Amy would be Bob, Louise, and Jean. Because Amy's silly goofy. I mean, yes. I think Jean, I just associate with being so out of touch with reality. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, Amy's so in touch with reality. Anyways. Tag yourself. I like. I I love when people self. I love when people self-identify with Bob's Burgers characters. It's one of my all-time favorite things, which I know is so niche, but it's just it just says so much. It's like it's like who needs a zodiac when you have like Bob's Burgers characters, and you can self-identify. I think when the next time we record, we I'm gonna do homework. I'm gonna have us all do homework, where you go do like a BuzzFeed quiz on who um I love which Buzz bob's burgers Buzz. character you are and then if you truly think that that's that that's the most revealingly millennial thing about me is that in the year of our lord 2022 i still love buzzfeed quizzes telling me like what type of like meat-free hot dog am i yeah you know? i like just you know how like when you're looking up information you type in the thing that you're looking for and then you will immediately click on wikipedia because it's like the first one if there's a quiz where i'm like which character am i i will always click the buzzfeed one no matter how much i like Mm -hmm. don't pay attention to buzzfeed i don't follow them at all i will always go for the buzzfeed one i don't know why practically extinct at this point but they just have such um what do you call it when you have like um there's a phrase in marketing when you have like cornered the market. It's like niche. It's like niche credibility. You have mm. market credibility or something like that. Anyways, yeah. BuzzFeed has market credibility on weird specific quizzes. personality quizzes. Yeah. So what was I saying? Anyways. Oh yeah. I like that her reaction was not to be like, that was a trick and like got mad at him. She instead thought about his answer and went, yeah, actually, I really like that. That's a good fit. Mm -hmm. Because I think you guys would be a good fit. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, I think you guys would be a really good fit because like that to me is more realistic and like just the different kind of comedy that it would be right like now you would you were expecting her to be upset, but it turns Mm -hmm. it on its head. That's yeah. one of my favorite interactions. That was one of the merits of this film was that a lot of the time it would take, there were a lot of tropes that it played into, but at the same time, there were a lot of situation, situations, plural, where you expect one thing and you get just, you just get slightly surprised and that slight surprise is like, oh, that, that is, that's the value. That's a little bit of unexpectedness in the writing. I like yeah, that. I think, I think that to me is what makes all of the things I had like actual like gripes about 
and makes mm. it unbearable, bearable to me. Mm. Because yeah. it does enough of that. And, like, she's not the typical, like, she falls over once, but it's not like she's typically clumsy. And, like, that's oh, her yeah. major flaw. Yeah. She literally falls over because she's actually tangled in the microphone from, and, and like, being Slightly drunk, drunk also, yeah. yeah. To me. So fair, honestly, fair. Yeah, so honestly, fair. We've right. all been there, right? <laughs> Tangled in a microphone strap, strap, wire, and just Whoa. wearing a sensible heel and just a little bit, a little bit drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out the heel wasn't uh, sensible enough. <laughs> uh, I also just like her. Do you remember? Oh, you obviously remember. Remember when like all the rom com, the indie rom com girlies were all just like quirky. Mm. Zoe Deschanel wannabes. Yes. Yes. So whimsical is a good way to put it, but it's more of like uh like we've graduated from Manny Pixie Dream Girl to then the quirky girl and now it's like the pretty much the way women actually some women actually are cuz not all of them mm. are like the Madonna, uh the whore uh the smart the, the complex yeah the complex one the frigid one the main character the mom you know like it's not mm, yeah it's not any of that anymore and i really like that about like kind of mm. all the women which is why i was like thirsting for more from her roommates yeah because yeah. that's where we are in cinema these days like we we have these you know in in greek theater it was like you had your tropes you had your rules that every person you had to have a clown you had to have a um you know the um comedy relief you had to have the hero you had to have the romantic interest you had to have the tragic figure you had to have all these things and now we've we've moved into the remix phase it's like yes there is a formula for a reason now take the formula and run with it and that and i think that's actually the thesis of what i i like to see in film and tv is take the formula take what works and surprise me a little bit that's what it sh- that's what it should always be because you're never going to do anything anymore that is absolutely original to its core. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing. There's too many things, you know? There's no way to be absolutely original. What makes you different is how you take the A plus B equals C and just how you get to that C. Yeah. How you get how you get to come. Oh. <laughs> <gasps> Thing, things she did that that cat what would you rank what would you rank this movie out of 10 on a custom rating scale on a custom rating scale i think i would rate this movie i was going back and forth but mm-hmm. i i'm i'm gonna say i'm gonna give it an eight shoelaces in a little ziploc baggie <laughs> out Tape of to 10 taped to the <laughs> wall out of 10 i'm gonna give this movie a 6.5 taxidermy <gasps> dogs out Whoa. of 10. Oh, yeah. One of them was a the taxidermy yet, dog. Yeah. One of the things that was contributed to the the weirdest thing, in my opinion, that was contributed to the Broken Hearts Gallery about that. was a taxidermy dog. And the reason that I'm ranking it thus is because on a, on second watch, it didn't wow me as much as it did the first time because um, a bit of the um, novelty had faded. But I really, really, really like um geraldine let me look how's her name is spelled then this one geraldine viswanathan was very delightful to me and her interaction with 
Dacre Montgomery and his just molten lava stare. <laughs> That's that is what pushes me over their chemistry and how much I like mm-hmm. them too. That makes it for yeah. me. And also to me now it's going to be one of those movies that I just like kind of throw on in the yeah. background. It's a comfort movie. Yeah. So Kat, where can people find you on um, social media and the internet? They can find me at It's Catherine Ram on any social media because it is the same everywhere you look. Molly, where can they find you? You guys can find me at Molly's Outbox on Instagram and TikTok. You can also find us at Vomcom Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, anyone who's listening, um, any of our dear, dear listeners who have stuck with us thus far and really like having a little bit of input, if you want, we've got a poll coming up about what movie we're going to be doing in late December as our second Christmas-themed rom-com for December. So keep an eye out for that poll. It's going to be coming up on December 1st. So as we know, you guys highly value our podcast. So put it in your calendar. <laughs> Look out for that poll. Set that reminder so that you can weigh in on. Yeah. Don't forget to smash that poll button. <laughs> Let us know what you guys want to hear us uh, chit chat and natter on about. Yeah. Great. Goodbye. Goodbye now. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Transatlantic accent. Go listen to You Should Check Out as well. Slight, <laughs> slight plug. <laughs> We should just end it off with okay, us bye, both going. <coughs> <coughs>